What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Living with Will. I'm so grateful to be back. I'm so grateful to be talking about AI and Web3. I'm so excited to introduce you to our next guest. Matt is a CEO. He's a founder of a company called Nuclei. They're bringing Web3 and AI together. This is an incredible convergence. Very important moment in the history of both AI and Web3. And I'm not going to waste your time trying to describe it myself. I'm going to let the experts speak. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Kick back, relax, and enjoy an amazing conversation. Success and happiness to everyone. And welcome back to another week of Living with Will. Hi folks, and welcome back to another week of Living with Will. I'm so grateful to be here with none other than Matt, the founder of the CEO of Nuclei, man. How you doing today? Yeah, amazing, man. It's been a long day. It's been a long few weeks or months, actually. Uh, really thankful to be here, man. Excited. Uh, hope you're doing well as well. I am. It's been one of those days. I'm not going to lie. It feels like it's 9 p.m. over here as well, but the day is somewhat just getting started. But I want to take it back to the beginning, man. So, you know, walk me through your process and getting into the Web3 industry, getting into the AI industry. Like, where did that, where did that journey begin? Yeah, actually, I've been a developer for a long time. And um, when I was really, really young, but at some point I went into management as a very large company. I worked there for like nine years, got bored at some point, you know, corporate machines and uh, and, and, and stuff like that, right? So I uh, started working in a startup doing whatever. I was a project manager, product owner, uh, responsible for business development, and they were developing products uh, with some relation to AI, like chatbots, automated email management, stuff like that. And when I was working on a project for a client, I um, they, they, they were looking for something that uses blockchain or that's leveraging blockchain in a way. So I started to investigate, like, what does that really mean, right? I knew about Bitcoin. That was back in 2016, by the way. So I knew about Bitcoin, but never really give it much thought. I liked it, but it never clicked for me. So what they meant was smart contracts. So I got to learn about Ethereum. And when I started reading, like, what does it really mean? What is Ethereum and what 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 does it bring to the world? I started to become very excited. And I was thinking, like, why is no one talking about this? It's crazy. So I uh, became part of the communities on, on Telegram, on Twitter. Uh, I started investing. I started asking questions, started to learn. And at some point, I met uh, I met a guy on Telegram of all places, which uh, I was completely vibing with. We were completely in line with uh, how we saw the issues in this industry, how they should be solved. Uh, that was back in 2018, by the way, uh, like very early 2018, January, February. And that guy was Rashid Ajaja. And together with him, uh, in 2018, uh, I founded Alliance Block. And um, that's also... A, a nice bridge to where Nuclei came from because Nuclei was born uh, within Alliance Block actually. Because Alliance Block is what we're, we're building with Alliance Block, it's an ecosystem of products and also of projects that are incubated by Alliance Block or were spin off from a product that was created within Alliance Block. And Nuclei was one of those products that started as an internal product that was named like Data Tunnel. And from there, it's been off into its own brand with its own focus as Nuclei, uh, where it is today. 
That's amazing, man. And and it sounds like you've had an incredible journey. I'm I'm curious, you know, when you pivoted from we're not pivoted from Alliance Block, but like they're very different things that you're working on. What was the catalyst when you were working at Alliance Block that you're like, you know what, I want to I want to get into the AI space. So it was always meant to be a data and AI play already back in 2021 when uh, it was the inception of the data tunnel uh, or now known as Nuclei. And it was always envisioned to build a data ecosystem that will power AI and that can also at the same time be powered by AI. Um, but back then AI um, was uh, kind of a thing, but not as big as when OpenAI last year took the world by storm with ChatGPT, right? And this got, gave us another perspective of the actual problems that plague the industry. And everyone is speaking about AI nowadays. Like you have, I was in Silicon Valley last year in December at the Silicon Valley Summit. And every startup that was pitching there had did something with AI, everyone. Last year alone, 6,000 startups were, were founded in AI, imagine, but all of them have in common that they leverage some 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 AI system like uh, like OpenAI's API, uh, like uh, uh, all, all the other like foundational. There are only a few of them, and, and and all the same problem that they have is that they need data. But who's coming with this data? There is no startup that says, you know what, my startup is gonna come with a lot of data for all these uh, AI startups that are gonna need them. And that's when you know it clicked when um, uh, uh, ChatGPT became so successful and all the discussions around data uh, uh, came to life, that we saw like the opportunities actually, it's much bigger than we thought initially. And uh, it's a real problem that needs to be solved. That's awesome, man. I, I totally agree. And it's one of the areas that I see Web3 really starting to, I mean, obviously AI is not the newest, it's been around, but the real like community interaction with it is very new. And, you know, as I've seen the two industries grow kind of parallel to each other, this merge is, is you know, the ramifications of this could be incredibly positive for the world. What it's is already becoming quite positive, right? Right. What is one of the goals that you have in, in bringing Web3 together with AI? Like, if you could give, like, the vision for Nuclei, what does that look like? Yeah, so if you look at, like, the data industry, like um, there are a lot of really big companies that own most of the data uh, because they collect most of, most of the data. You could say it's not very democratic, the access to all this data. So our aim is to democratize all this access, uh, the access to all this data. So what we do is we create infrastructure in order to make it as easy as possible to put all, all, all of this data in this ecosystem. So even if as, as a small medium business where you have data and you're not even sure if it's worth monetizing, um, in Nuclei, it's free to try to monetize it. It's low barrier. You don't need to have a technical skill set. You need, don't need to hire a expensive consultancy firm in order to bring this data into the marketplace. Then all this data is generalized in a way that whatever data set you will access on a Nuclei platform, it's always in the same format. And through the extraction of metadata that we do from each data set, you can um, uh, invite outside contributors, like a Wikipedia style, where you 
can contribute to enhance uh, what's in front of you. That's what we uh, that we, that's what we do with metadata. We allow anyone to enhance it, and through metadata, you can heavily contextualize this data. So you can tell a lot about the data set without refilling the data. And that's when it becomes really interesting because then suddenly you have deep descriptions of the data in front of you. And you can find combinations of this data with data sets from completely different industries that when combined, you can train completely new uh, and custom large language models or train other AI models that can go to the next generation. Because if you look at the problems with, for example, OpenAI's ChatGPT, it was trained on a lot, but a lot of unstructured data, which means all everything that we find online, like forum posts, questions, uh, 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 documents, like just bunch of text, right? Um, but what it's lacking is access to structured data. And structured data, it's facts. It's like rows, it's columns, it's tabular, it's structured because it tells something about a specific time frame or specific objects you know in in a way that makes sense and is predictable and this is the only thing that uh, 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 models like ChatGPT are heavily lacking because if you ask it about facts it's going to completely hallucinate them so our contribution to a better uh, 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 a better generation of ai a better generation of large language models is to democratize this access to data to make it uh, available to everyone that want to train their custom uh, uh, large language model on it and to ensure that it's fed with facts so that it doesn't hallucinate them anymore. So that's a great, actually, this is a good learning opportunity for the audience. One thing that you've mentioned, and I've heard other, you know, um, experts in the field uh, talk about this as well is this like hallucination of AI. And can you just describe what that is to the audience that might not have the level of expertise that you have? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, so ask it, for example, to predict the weather. It would do so based on uh, bits and pieces of text that it, uh, uh, that it was trained on. So based on conversations that were had or uh, thought experiments that were written out on the internet, it can have an idea of where the weather might be going next week, but it doesn't do it based on historical data. It doesn't do it based on uh, the geographical location where measurements have been taken place and are factual. These, this type of data, it's structured. It's like in a predictable form where you can go back on which date, uh, seasons, and if you want to combine this with uh, 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 data from uh, I don't know, carbon offset, uh, you get maybe a really clear picture of whether, where the weather can go in the next, um, it, at whatever point in time, right? So this kind of hallucination can be solved with access to uh, uh, structured data. Awesome, I appreciate that. When you're doing like, you know, obviously I'm sure there, your team is incredibly knowledgeable about AI, but when you're having pitch meetings and stuff, or when you're talking to your family about this, are they just right over their head? Or would you say that people are understanding this more than you expected? Um, I mean, it's, so it's a layered ecosystem, right? So it depends, like uh, uh, some of the layers are very easy to explain. Like uh, you'll have data, everyone has data. Who doesn't have data right now? People say data is the new oil. It's not true. Data is the new oxygen because without data, we cannot live anymore. And this is the, this is the, the, the state of the world today. 
So this is easy to explain. You have data. Uh, you don't know if data is uh, worth anything. You put it on a marketplace, someone might buy it. This is part of Nucleus ecosystem. Very simple. You have data, you can sell it. Uh, you need data, you can buy it. So then there is this whole layer like um, where this data can be generalized so that it is uh, access to this data is meaningful. You give proper utility to all of this data together. Um, and then there is the fact that all of this data in, in another layer can be used to improve existing AIs, to improve existing LLMs. And a lot of people are already familiar with trying out ChatGPT. So if you can say like either, you know, it's a marketplace for buying and selling data, uh, but at the same time, this data can be used to make a better ChatGPT. So in that sense, it's, it's quite easy to understand, right? Yeah, no, it's brilliant. I mean, it's it's it, this is all incredibly fascinating to me. And it's something that, you know, I think as we move further and further into a more digital world, which is where, I mean, how much more can we really go? But we will go further, right? I think it's only right that these processes become, to your point, as democratized and decentralized as possible. So speaking to a broader audience here, people who want to get involved, how do people start interacting with and, and utilizing Nuclei? Yeah, so we have a thing that we call community data sets. And it means that um, someone can take the lead and say, I have uh, an ID of a data set. I just need to have the data for it. And then a community of contributors. This can be tens of people, but it can be also thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people that are going to contribute to the data set by having their version of that data and add it to it. So then whomever wants to access that data uh, uh, at, and purchases access to that data set, um, the, the revenue that's flowing through the through the protocol goes back to the to those that added the data to the data set. Like there are very uh, there, there are a couple of really simple uh, um, uh, examples here. So take for example, in the insurance industry, this is not new. this is already happening. Um, for car insurance, you have like this device, little bit of hardware, you put it in the ODB port of your car, and then when you drive the car, you're generating data about your behavior as a driver in the car. And this data is then used in order to calculate how much you have to pay for your insurance each month. Like the better driver will pay less, and if you're a very dangerous driver, you'll pay more. So this data, when it's pulled together on one big data set, it's kind of a community data set, but when it's calculating how much you will have to pay for your insurance, you could say, okay, this data has reached its end goal. It fulfilled its purpose. But this type of data can have way more purposes, maybe in completely different industries. So you could say, I put this data on a marketplace. And when this data can be combined with other data sets from other industries, it can have an additional value than its initial purpose. So then the ones that generated this data, the drivers, will be fairly rewarded for uh, 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 contributing the data and allowing this to be shared in this marketplace, anonymous, uh, anonymous of course. And besides that, um, uh, uh, this is just an example of how a piece of hardware can contribute and ensure that uh, the, the ones that generate the data are fairly rewarded, but you uh, can have uh, questionnaires uh, as another very simple uh, uh, example, or uh, just data that you generate from an app that we call dark data, that is a byproduct of usage of something, but doesn't look any valuable, but can be valuable combined with something else. 
uh, it doesn't cost you anything. So as a community member, um, that is not necessarily interesting in, in, in data, you can still add value to the system and extract value from it. And uh, the last thing is the, 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 the fact that we see metadata as the public goods, right? We extract it and we allow anyone to enhance it. So it's like you have a community of contributors like you would have on Wikipedia where this metadata is enhanced. So you can have different versions of this metadata. Like uh, it's uh, optimized for human readability. It's optimized for integration with large language models, et cetera, et cetera. And every time when your version of the metadata is used when accessing this data, you will get also a part of the revenue. So it's like a fair and transparent ecosystem like this where anyone, even if you don't really care about data, but you care about being rewarded or being part of this, uh, you can. This is amazing, man. Um, I got a question for you. If Nuclide was a movie and it had a log line, like a, like a, you know, for people to come see the movie, it was like a sentence description. What do you think the log line for Nuclide would be? Yeah. So, you know, 6,000 startups were built in 2023 around AI and they all have one thing in common. They were, they are powered by AI. We power AI. Damn. That's a good log line, dude. You might want to go in the entertainment business. Um, that is amazing. That is really, really cool. Um, are you still working on things at Alliance Block or is this your, your focus right now? Yeah. So, uh, Alliance Block, I'm, I'm still founder and, uh, this is something that, uh, that we also keep doing. Um, but I'm also focusing on, uh, on Nuclei. Obviously we're growing very rapidly. Uh, we're growing the ecosystem very rapidly. Uh, only yesterday we signed four new partnerships and uh, this just keeps on coming. We focus also hard on data providers. We signed a partnership with Crunchbase uh, a while back. Crunchbase is a huge player when it comes to data from startup and VCs. Well, not huge, it's the biggest in the world. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of focus, really good team. Um, so going well in that sense. I would say so. I would say so. If you could, you know, make sure that you had said something during this episode to the audience that like, if there was one thing you wanted to make sure that you had said that made my questions had encapsulated, what would you want to make sure you told the audience? Um, you know, it's, it's easy to, um, it's easy to see your data as uh, something technical. Um, that's something difficult to understand, something difficult to grasp. The data is just data. Even when you work in a spreadsheet, um, you have a bunch of data already. And whatever you see around you, it can be associated with data. And all of this data somewhere in the world can be valuable. And if we find all of this data, this dark data that, that's seemingly valueless is combined um, even not directly, but through the context, the context from the deeply described metadata, we can have in the end some kind of ontology, a description of everything what's there in the world, uh, heavily contextualized. Um, well, we could drive innovations that we could, could never think of today. You're a visionary, man. I love it. Um... Where can people find out more? Where, where, what are the socials? What are the pages? And again, everybody, this will be in the description, but I, you know, I wanted to give you the space to say it as well. 
Yeah, I think always the best start, um, what I loved writing and I hope people love reading is when you go to our website, nukl.ai, uh, and then go to resources. There is a, a, an article called uh, Network Economics that goes really step by step, like what kind of challenges are in the industry, what kind of opportunities are there solving them, and what role does Nuclei play in it? Um, and and I, I think it makes sense to go through this first. It gives you really um, uh, a good idea of what we stand because Nuclei is, is like it's like a platform. It's a web application, but um, it's also a layer one blockchain. We create our own blockchain, and that's something that um, uh, is 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 not not even clear. But it, it makes sense if you read through it. That's awesome, man. I, I plan on reading. I was I was just smiling about uh, the, you know, you were like, I like to write and I really hope people like to read. I pray people like to read, man. We we have a society that could desperately use some more uh, some more literates in it. Let's put it like that. Couldn't agree more, man. Yeah. But that's that's <laughs> also one of the things that ChatGPT can help you with. You just feed it a bunch of text and you ask it to please summarize it for you. And if you use custom instructions, you can set the tone and uh, make sure that it understands what kind of sum summaries are important for you, right? You can't help if it's too much text for you. But yeah, I agree. Reading reading is good for you. I think so. I think so as well. Well, listen, man, I'd love to, to wrap these on the words of uh, wisdom, inspiration, motivation, or otherwise. Are there any words that have helped guide you on your journey uh, that you'd want to share with the audience as well? I mean, it's 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 something that we, um, uh, whatever we want to do, it's something that we need to do together. Like uh, I was on the main stage in Silicon Valley and um, uh, when I was looking in the room, I was thinking like, everyone is making meeting, meetings and connections with each other. And uh, we all want to become better. We want to live better than how we, uh, how we arrived. And um, that's also what I mentioned on stage. Like uh, we come together, and together we are better. And it's the same for the data on uh, on nucleus ecosystem. When it's together, it's better. So my my main message and learning for, for throughout building also through uh, two bear markets, two 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 crypto winters in the past six years, um, you can do it alone. Together is always better. I totally agree. I totally agree. I have a question for you on the founder front. You know, a lot of people are building. There's probably going to be people listening to this episode who want to create their own companies, their own startups. There might be visionaries like you. What are some ways that you've gotten through the difficult times? You know, some of, obviously every founder has points where it, it, it's fraught with difficulty. Um, how do you keep yourself motivated when the times get tough? I mean, if you're a founder of uh, a Web3 project, you're an entrepreneur. Um, it doesn't matter if you're in Web3 or not. If you run a startup, uh, you're an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur, it's some someone who you are, right? Um, it requires you to pivot um, a lot of times. And if you don't like change, if you don't like pivot, it might not be for you. Um, you have to accept that the first idea that you come up with is gonna change completely. Nothing is gonna be left of it. And yeah, with that, with that in mind, if you if you if you notice, if you accept this, and you start building every day, knowing that what you're doing right now can be completely thrown away in a couple of months, but that means that you will progress, you will do really well. When I 
when I make a mistake or when I work on something that's not gonna uh, see the light of day, I say, of course, and I smile. And I know that that means that I will now go on to something better. That's great advice, man. That's great advice. For people that are thinking about pursuing an idea, what is the qualification for you of if it's a good idea or a bad idea? And like I said, like ideas are just ideas, man. Um, it doesn't matter what your idea is, just get started. Like even if it's an idea in an oversaturated market, even if it's an idea that's never gonna work, getting started gets you in the right mindset, it gets you gets you started as an entrepreneur. Once you get started and you find out that your idea is shit, and you will, even if you have the best idea in the world, it's not like you'll have to pivot. Like I said, the first idea is gonna change completely. So it doesn't matter if you have a good idea or a bad idea. If you think about it like that, accept it and just get started because you're gonna uh, meet a lot of people on the way that's gonna give you new insights. They're gonna give you advice. They're gonna help you. Uh, also the opposite, of course, but that's gonna bring you further in your journey. And this idea, it will take shape. It will, it, it, it will come in the way that it will finally bring success. But you have to be open to these changes and you have to be open to the fact that you might not have the best or the most unique idea in the world. You just have to be the one that doesn't give up and that's going to embrace change and is going to be able to work together with people and is going to be able to receive feedback and not be scared of people that are going to be better than themselves and, uh, uh, and work together with them. Man, you're killing it right now. I, I gotta say, this is really inspiring. So, just to end it off, man, what's next for Nuclei? What do you guys have coming up? What should people be excited about? Uh, what I'm personally super, super excited about is the fact that uh, we were invited as just one of ten startups in Startup Autobahn in uh, Stuttgart, Germany. It's actually already next Wednesday. It's an event that's uh, very exclusive. Only few startups attend. And uh, the whole event is, is is meant to work together with corporates, enterprises. So um, I have a pitching marathon there. I have to do five 15-minute pitches in a row, then another small pitch uh, at the end, and then I will be in a panel uh, as well. But what's important is, is that I will be connected through this event with uh, corporates like Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, uh, Hyundai, Volkswagen, Bosch, Vodafone, like big names. And the whole topic of this entire event is data sharing in mobility. I mean, we couldn't be a better fit, right? So I'm talking about this. It's only a few days away. Um, so man, <laughs> that's it, man. Dude, we got to do a follow-up episode after that event and just to, to see the kind of responses you get, because I'm sure you guys are going to end up being a hot topic there. That's amazing. You, can, you can't ask yeah, for better opportunities like that. That's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Deal, man. I'm in. I'm in. But that's the thing. You know, it resonates like every enterprise, especially in the mobility sector, is working on something around data sharing. And the biggest problem yeah. is cost and having decentralized infrastructure um, solves that problem already without everything else that we do. So there is a massive opportunity here. Truly. And I'm so grateful for you coming on and talking to the audience about it, man. I would love for as you all continue to, to develop, you know, come in and, and you know, educate the audience. Like, I think the more that we, you know, open up doors and, and show people this is what we're doing and this is what we're building, the more that we're going to help change the world. And, you know, I, I really see that in your future, man. So I'm, I'm very grateful. Uh, I look forward to seeing where we go from here. And, uh, and thank you for coming on the show, man. This is so much fun. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Likewise.
Just a bump in the road, minor setback. I cannot forget that. You see me sell soft, I regret that. I carry the supply like a kid pack. And you ain't have to talk, you just stare back. You already know where my head at. I'm trying to get this bread, Jack. And really, I ain't trying to hear that. It's clear that. The shit a nigga talk about. I really done did that. I really done lived that. Well, you wouldn't want your kids at. You wouldn't want your crib back. Nigga, I can't even sit back without the strap. Nigga, I can't even relax without the pack. It's all on the line, nigga. I can't even fall back. I fell down, but I crawled back. Looking for the money, power, respect, all that. A true hustler, what you call that? Got me feeling like MF Doom on all caps. Look, told y'all, man. Up. You put your money on the laws, man, they told y'all wrong Dewan already sold y'all songs Records from the heart that was hot like the stove still on I heard dripping while it closed the lawn The frozen arm, compliment the golden charms I make chest moves, on facade, I'm so nonchalant All with the flick of the wrist, average triple-double steals and assists It's like I'm running the point, Oscar Robinson puffing his joint With 40s and 4.5s that's a lot of points I write crime like Donald Goins Hustle for the coins Breaking down chicken tenderloins Money make a lot of shit Null and void Life you can't avoid Keep it with me cause I'm paranoid Big Glock shots make a scary noise Keep it very poised Turn your group of men into scary boys